Hi, I'm Lance. And I'm Mel. In the spring of 2012, we were walking around downtown Indianapolis. We were looking for someplace local for dinner. We threw out a restaurant name and Mel asked, Is it local? That simple question became a much bigger conversation and our company, Indiana Originals, was born. Every Indiana Originals member is certified local. That means the business is an Indiana-owned and operated company, headquartered here, and not part of an out-of-state chain. When you discover and support a business on our website or on our app, you are keeping more money in Indiana, helping our communities be unique, and creating jobs. If you spent 5% more on goods and services from Indiana, we would have $1.8 billion more for our schools and infrastructure. So when you break it down, that's just $35 per household per week. When you see the Indiana Originals badge, you know you are supporting local Indiana businesses. Download our app powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains and get your business certified local at indianaoriginals.com. Indiana Originals, leading local living. Local Matters brings you incredible stories about Indiana original businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. I'm Elle McMahon, and today we'll get the story of how Sandy Zebel joined Beacon of Hope Crisis Center. We'll talk about the challenges and the successes along the way of growing the nonprofit organization and why supporting local businesses really matters. Just a heads up, some of the topics may be a little uncomfortable. I hope you'll keep listening anyway. They're really important. You're listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Originals, leading local living. Sandy Zebold, CEO, Beacon of Hope Crisis Center. Thank you so much for joining us on Local Matters today. Thank you, Mel. Thanks for having me. You know, I, I just, I still, I don't even know really how to put this into words. Um, I was checking my email the other day. And I received, you know, the Beacon of Hope Crisis Center newsletter and the stats that you sent of what you're facing right now, what we're facing as a community, were staggering. And I want to get into those um, in just a little bit. I'm bringing that up to make sure that we don't gloss over that. Um, but tell me, how long have you been CEO of Beacon of Hope Crisis Center? Uh, I stepped in as CEO in January of 2016. So five years since this January. Wow. And you were on the board before you became CEO, correct? Correct. For four years, yeah. And how did you get involved with the organization in the first place? Well, um, I had a real passion for wanting to help people, um, you know, get free from the grip of domestic violence. And I really saw the connection of how art can be very healing. And I was working in the creative art and marketing arena and uh, just really wanted to blend the two and, you know, just kind of looked into that, joined the board and gave back that way. And it just kind of evolved and the passion just kept growing. And so that's how it came to be. And so what did you want to be when you grew up? (laughs) Well, early on, um, I wanted to be a meteorologist or a geologist. Oh, I would not have Very guessed different. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really interested in nature and reading. I was thrilled to go on exploratory adventures looking for fossils, and I was often found sitting in between the rows of our little library devouring a book. Well, knowing what I do know about you, I can see how that's possible now, definitely, and I feel that in your spirit for sure. So how do you go from wanting to be a meteorologist or geologist to becoming 
the CEO of a non-for-profit that helps survivors of domestic violence. Yeah, definitely a, a different trajectory. But I would say my parents really taught me respect, kindness, and generosity. And as I grew up, purpose became a dominant part of my personality. And I believe that in all things, it's important to serve a positive purpose. And when doing so, I'm at my happiest. I would think a lot of entrepreneurs would agree with that for sure. And I think that can definitely you know, apply to people, no matter if it's you know, your work life or if you're volunteering or you know, maybe it's even helping your kiddo with virtual school right now because, wow, I have a kindergartner and that is a lot. And he just has two Zoom meetings a day. So I don't know how parents are doing it. And, you know, that was one of the questions I had at the beginning of the pandemic when everything got shut down earlier this year. One of my first thoughts went to children who didn't have resources and had abusive homes. And it went to, you know, spouses or girlfriends and boyfriends who were now stuck and trapped with someone they couldn't get away from. Right. And when you're stuck in that situation and it's not even safe to reach out and make contact to get help, that's been the frightening, frightening part of this. So when we're, we've been on total lockdown, um, you know, and with so many people out of work, I mean, that, that has been the scenario for many of these people. And that's why, if you've noticed, um, there's such an increase in the level of violence um, for that very reason. Because by the time they can get to us, it's just so bad that, yeah, I just can't even... I'm not going to describe all the scenarios, but the level of violence that we're seeing has exponentially increased in the complexity of the cases. And even, the, you know, our homicide rates are off the charts. Uh, domestic homicides, it's, it's sad. So what went through your mind when you heard that we were all going to have to be stuck at home? Uh, how, how are they going to reach us? How can we modify our services? How can we give more opportunities to reach these victims? So definitely um, all leaders in 2020 have had to learn to pivot. And definitely I've had to pivot in how we're providing our essential services and really thinking and considering the perspective of the situation that these victims are in and how can we provide them more options to reach us and be aware of our services that that's safe. I mean, like I said, we deal with violence all the time, but in 2020, you know, we've seen an increase in the level of violence elicited upon the victims seeking our help and it's extreme and it's complex. What type of increase have you seen? We've seen a 66% increase in stalking and harassment in 2020 compared to 2019. We've seen a 148% increase in requests for assistance with filing for protective orders comparing 2020 to 2019. And even worse yet, we've seen a 212% increase in strangulation victimization from 2019 to 2020. And that's all during this pandemic. That's just within our agency alone. I mean, if you could see me right now, you know, see, we have Sandy calling us in over the phone right now. My, my jaw is just dropped. I'm in, I am in shock. I have goosebumps right now because 
you know, this isn't a movie, right? This isn't a script. This is real life. And this is what our neighbors are facing. And maybe even someone listening right now is facing. And you know, before we talk further about more of the business side of things, you know, Sandy, can you share with our listeners how how can they reach out to you? How can they get a hold of you and the services that you provide? I want to make sure we get those out too. Yes, absolutely. So um, you can go to beaconofhopeindy.org. Um, that's our website. You can follow us on social media. You can direct message us on social media. Um, you can text or email. Um, you can call our crisis line, 317-731-6140. Services that we offer at Beacon of Hope Crisis Center, they're confidential. It's a safe place where anyone who's been a victim of domestic violence or sexual assault can receive advocacy services and referrals. We serve all. Anyone in need of services due to domestic violence or sexual assault trauma can reach out to us for help. And our services are free. What are some of those things that you help out with? What are some of the things you assist with? Our advocates assist with safety planning and let victims know what's available for them. Helping with filings and paperwork, court accompaniment. We help fill out victim compensation. We help uh, find a bed in a domestic violence shelter when that's needed. We help with rapid rehousing, emergency hotel stays, fostering pets while victims are in shelter. And we help with the healing process, free counseling, steps towards independence and self-sufficiency. We're really um, focused on helping survivors get employment and sustainable employment, something that has a career trajectory so that they can stay safe and independent and be self-sufficient. And so, Sandy, the reality is leaving a domestic violence situation, it's not just an instant decision and everything's okay again. Oftentimes it's a process or it takes more than one attempt to get out of that situation. And I know you have a lot of services, like you just mentioned, you know, for, you know, the survivor trying to get out of that. But what can we as a community, as a friend, as a sister or a brother or even a coworker do if we recognize something or if we even question something? Because oftentimes I think we feel helpless, but our gut tells us something isn't right. Absolutely. I would say 95% of the scenarios that we encounter, there's financial abuse, Mel, and that that leads to uh, victims often staying in that situation or going back to that situation. That's why that independence and self-sufficiency is so important, because if they can't support themselves, their children on their own, they end up going back because they're dependent on that abuser. And so non-judgment is so important it's it's difficult if you're not walking in that person's shoes you don't really know and you don't know all the ways they've been threatened that might be keeping them stuck but if you know that something isn't right and you really want to help just listening for starters and sharing about our services um, reminding that they're confidential that they're free, um, that there are mitigation, there's, there's mitigation to all the barriers. A lot of times um, when you're in the situation, you see the full scope um, and you just don't see a way out. So just being there and listening um, is, is a big part of it and letting them know about our services. 
Coming up, the challenges and successes Sandy has had along the way with growing Beacon of Hope Crisis Center and what she wants you to know about running your own business. This is Local Matters. Local Matters is brought to you by our parent company, Indiana Originals, a search engine helping you identify and find and support local businesses faster and easier. All of our business members are companies that are Indiana-owned and operated. They're headquartered here, and they're not part of an out-of-state chain. So when you see that logo, you know you're supporting local. And something a lot of people don't realize is we do have nonprofits in Indiana Originals as well, just like Beacon of Hope Crisis Center that we're speaking about today. Local nonprofits really have a pulse on what's going on in the community, and a lot of their support comes from fellow business owners in that same community. So we definitely want to emphasize that. If you ever need an idea of a nonprofit you can support, like Beacon of Hope, you can always visit the members page on indianaoriginals.com and find all of our nonprofits listed there. Another one of our supporters is McFarling Foods. We are so thankful to have them as an Indiana original and a sponsor of Local Matters. If you're a restaurant owner, listen up. We know you have a lot to worry about, but McFarling can help. They not only deliver food, but they also assist with menu planning. They can help you save money. They can make sure that you are following the COVID-19 guidelines. You know, they'll even help with supplies like banners, signs, and QR codes so people don't have to hold menus in their hands. And a lot of that assistance is absolutely free. If you never want to clean another menu, you want to still have a safe, sanitary, and secure environment for your guests, let McFarling Foods create that QR code for you absolutely free. Learn more about the McFarling Way at McFarling.com. We've been chatting with Sandy Zebold of Beacon of Hope Crisis Center. She joined the Crisis Center in a different capacity about 10 years ago as a board member. And now she is the CEO, and it's grown significantly under her leadership. Sandy, what has been the hardest part about being the CEO of not only just a nonprofit in general, but also of a nonprofit that doesn't really have that warm, fuzzy feeling to it? Yeah, it's, you know... Raising awareness, making sure that everybody understands this is a real problem. Uh, it does impact every neighborhood and every town and every city. One in four is impacted. So some multiple people that you know uh, probably need our services. And so just getting that mass message out um, on the scale it needs to be uh, delivered is is hard, but it's a challenge that we're up for every day and continue to pursue. Um, most recently during this pandemic, um, Beacon of Hope is an essential service provider. And so definitely the pivoting that's been necessary to continue to deliver those essential services and ensure the quality of our services, um, you know, that's been hard, but a, a focus and one that we've delivered on. Um, also, the, the impact that the pandemic has had financially on our organization and those we lean on. You know, we lean on our, our local businesses a lot. We, we lean on our local individuals and corporations for uh, financial support for our organization to be sustainable. And many of them are impacted. So many of our regular donors are struggling themselves, so donations have dropped. So anyone that is doing well uh, during this pandemic that can shop local, that can visit our restaurants, hotels, and other businesses, please do that. And anyone who has the means that can 
uh, financially support our organization and other nonprofits, please do that. Well, and something you mentioned earlier in the show was that your services are free to the client, correct? They are. Yes, yes, they are. And so those donations, I mean, it's a direct correlation between how many people you can help and the financial means that you have. Absolutely. And we're serving at a minimum uh, annually 1,200 new victims every year. And that doesn't count in addition to those new victims. We are doing ongoing follow-up and case management for other survivors. So, yeah, uh, that's a, a, a lot of services and programs that are free, and we really need community support to keep that all going and to meet the increased demand, you know, based on the stats that we went over earlier and the complexity of the cases. When the cases are more complex, it takes more time from each advocate. So, yeah, we could really use the support. Well, I think you already alluded to this a little bit, but, you know, why does supporting local and being known as an Indian original matter to you? We all matter, and local's always been a big deal, but now even more so with this pandemic impacting all of us. I am so proud to be in the I.O. family. Um, You know, being able to uh, collaborate as a business owner is imperative to, you know, supporting community and to growing as a business. And the best place I've found to do that um, is within the IO family. Well, we're honored to have you. And you always have just great insight and great opportunities for our members as well to do something and be a part of the community. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, you know, what has been the most rewarding part of your job and what you're doing? Because I know it is very challenging and it feels like you are always walking uphill. But, you know, what are some of the successes you've seen along the way? Well, thank you. Um, Working as a team to positively impact so many lives is very rewarding. Every day we're saving lives and improving lives through our services and programs at Beacon of Hope Crisis Center. And I enjoy solving complex problems and helping others succeed. Sandy, is there a challenge you see that you haven't been able to solve yet? Is there something that you just you really want to tackle? Yeah, absolutely. There are there are several, but let's let's talk about one that's always on my mind. Often with strangulation victimization, by the time um, through services and counseling that we get to the point where we realize there's been severe and often repeated strangulation incidents, the uh, window for filing for victim compensation has passed. And so that's a gap that we need to solve because these strangulation victims, they need, that's a medical emergency and they need to get a CT. We need to check them for, um, you know, for all kinds of things, traumatic brain injury, um, things that can might be present that can indicate present that can indicate a future health incident, and you know these victims they they're already in a financial predicament. They're trying to get independent and self sufficient, and CTs cost money. That medical care costs money, and when that victim comp window has passed, that is an unfunded gap that we we need to solve that. And I'm really passionate about conversations surrounding that and how we can get uh, fund 
you know, to address that need. Well, Sandy, I hope someone listening today can maybe not only help you with that, but I know you've helped someone get a little courage to move on from the situation that they're in right now. Besides IndianOriginals.com and our app, how can people get a hold of Beacon of Hope Crisis Center? BeaconofHopeIndy.org or call us at 317-731-6140. And yes, if anyone needs help or services, again, they're free and confidential. Please reach out. Are you taking volunteers as well? Always. We definitely welcome volunteers and interns. We couldn't do what we do without them. So, yes, absolutely. And you can apply for to volunteer, to intern, or even be on our board of directors through our website, beaconofhopeindy.org. Sandy Zebel, CEO of Beacon of Hope Crisis Center, thank you so much for being our guest today on Local Matters, and thank you for doing your part to create healthier, stronger communities and more jobs in Indiana. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to Local Matters, made possible by Indiana Originals and McFarling Foods. It's an honor to bring you incredible stories about Indiana original businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. Learn more about Why Local Matters at indianaoriginals.com and on our app powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains. I'm Mel McMahon, and until next time, keep supporting local. Thanks for listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Originals, distributed by the All Indiana Podcast Network. Download the Indiana Originals app, powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains, and check out indianaoriginals.com.